From Glitch HQ on Riverside Avenue in comparative superlative Minneapolis, this is Nice Games Club, the show where nice game devs talk gaming and game development. I'm Martha McGarry, and I make nice games. I'm Stephen McGregor, and I make nice games. And I'm Martha Croy, I too make nice games. For this special nicest of 2016 episode, we're going to say a lot of very nice things about some of the games we played and loved this year, and talk a little bit about what we're looking forward to playing and making in 2017. And so, if everyone's ready, let's start. Special episode. Yeah. I feel like we've, we've changed the format a lot. It feels like it's nice, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's experimental. Yeah, exactly. We're not journalists, but we're going to do a year-end review. Um, but it's not a best of 2016, or it's not even a definitive list of our favorites. Just some things we liked this year that we came up with very quickly and want to talk about. Mm-hmm. Uh, the nicest is us. We are the nicest. <laughs> we're going to say some nice things. <laughs> um, so... Um, Let's start with Martha. What is your nice games of 2016? Well, since 2016 is over now, uh, I'm going to talk about two games that have over in their name. Oh, wow. Uh, Okay. (laughs) We're we're going that way, sure. (laughs) Uh, So the first is Overcooked, which Uh is my favorite couch co-op game. Actually, both of the games I'm talking about are, are multiplayer. Which is interesting because I usually like single player experiences, so um, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so Overcooked is a couch co-op game where you play little chefs that go around and uh, you have to chop vegetables and put them into soups or make pizzas or um, burritos. <laughs> and like you'll be making these things in a restaurant or on an ice flow or Mm -hmm. on a spaceship or (laughs) um, a bunch of places yeah right uh in a volcano um (laughs) house i think that's not even the weirdest part of that game yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) well the story the story is pretty weird Mm -hmm. you're supposed to be making these learning how to (sighs) how does it go so There's the spaghetti monster uh-huh. I, is yes. trying to take over the world, and it, to appease him, you make some food, but you mess up, and so they send you back in time to 1993 in order to become... The dark times. Yes. <laughs> you have to learn how to cook really well in order to save the world. Yeah, That's that all story. hangs together. <laughs> Traditional uh, hero story. <laughs> That's, it's been a favorite uh, here at Glitch. Uh, during our various events, and I know people, some people burned out on it, but it's a, it has surprising longevity for something which is mechanically very simple. Yeah, right. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it is really fun to play with. A, I like, like I, I think we talked about it a little bit before, but I like to call that game a five-player game instead of a four-player game. Yeah, because it's really helpful to have somebody in the back who's not picking up a controller but shouting what you should do next. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> there's a, there's those moments between matches where you yeah. sort of figure it out, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like that that it requires a lot of strategy and um, it forces teamwork with whoever you're working with because otherwise you can't beat the levels. I think it's one of the few games that I um, really like mastery. Like we were talking Mm -hmm. in one of the early episodes about mastery and that's one game that I really want to, like I love mastering a level with a team is really, really cool. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, So my other game is Overwatch. (laughs) Which uh, is also unusual because I don't really like playing um, online competitive multiplayer things usually. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't like the 
it's hard to play them without people you know because it's uh kind of toxic oh yeah right usually (laughs) um but in overwatch um the the matches are so short that uh you can like um you aren't stuck with the same people for you're only stuck with them for like 10 minutes so Mm -hmm. if someone's really awful you can just be in a different game in 10 minutes and not have to worry about it which is really cool okay i don't know a lot about overwatch i've seen all the memes and there's and i've read a fair number of articles about it but i actually i've never played it i don't really know much about it because we're now at the point where everyone just assumes everyone knows everything about it and so it is extremely popular i kind of miss that i know it's hugely possible (laughs) popular so like maybe let me in on a little bit okay so uh it's a uh, team-based first-person shooter. Okay, so like um, Team Fortress, kind of. It's like it's uh, almost Team Fortress Two, Two. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, team Four, yeah, Team Fortress Three. Um, <laughs> uh, but the characters are really, really diverse. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can play a robot tank. Oh, I'm in. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and his name is Bastion, and he's basically one of the robots from. Um, Castle in the Sky, the Jubilee movie. Mm. Um, in fact, there's a skin that looks like that robot with a little bird and like. Oh wow! I never picked up on that before, huh. but that is true. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Dang, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> there's all these like little hidden um, like references and stuff, which is another reason why I really like it too. Like all the all the characters are so cool, and uh, all the different like skins and stuff you can get for them mm-hmm. are really neat and. and that's a cool part of it for me is getting new skins and making stuff look cool. Okay. Um, and there's like many different play styles. So you can be like a person who comes in and blows lots of stuff up. Um, or you can be, um, there's a sniper that you can heal people. And like you, if you shoot enemies, you damage them. But if you shoot your own friends, you heal them. Oh, neat. That's one of the cool things is that everybody sort of can find a character that they like. Okay, okay. Like, so. I, with Team Fortress, back when it was a Quake mod and I played it, like, I really liked the idea of, the, of class-based kind of things, but I could never find enough people where we all did it right, you know? And so I kind of soured on it. I never really went back. Uh, but it seems like they're finding a way to make it work with, like, matchmaking and even, even with strangers, it works out pretty well. Yeah, I've found. That yeah? And even when I lose a lot it's still fun oh, okay. like that's another thing is sometimes i play with um one of my friends who's like a pro hawken player so mm-hmm. his oh. his like elo or whatever is so high in the game that we end up going against like really 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 good people all the time <laughs> um which is kind of frustrating but even when even when we're like a, on a big losing streak like it's still really fun to to run around and shoot people and when okay. you when you finally get somebody mm-hmm. that who's who's been killing you constantly for the past like 10 minutes <laughs> it feels really good <laughs> nice that's excellent oh yeah i really love i i played overwatch a little bit and i didn't really like the gameplay of it too much but i love the characters and the character design in that game mm-hmm. i wish i almost wish it well no i really do wish actually it was a, just a movie so I could just watch the characters interact and stuff. Well, they have some really good short movies yeah, for it. Which yeah, is, they do. Which are really mm-hmm. fun. Mm-hmm. And isn't um, that also in the sort of Team Fortress 2 model? That it's like there's a there's a story in a universe, but not really? Like it's pretty loose? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's that's part of it. See, I, that might be a barrier to me as well. As I, I, I'm, uh, I need a little more webbing, perhaps. Mm. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe you can just ease me in someday. <laughs> yeah, you should definitely play. Yeah, yeah, for sure. 
All right, we move on to mine, I yeah. suppose. Um, I, I've got my two here. The first one is Paper Mario Color Splash. And that this, I think these suffer a little bit from recency bias. I'm, I'm just about to finish this game. And I really like Paper Mario. I love all the Paper Marios. But Paper Mario fandom is like hates Paper Mario now. It's basically <laughs> like it's not as good as it was. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of true in a sense. Like Paper Mario has turned into more of a a uh, little more of an action platformer with also turn-based battles. Yeah. Well, it ends up being neither really great at one or the other, mm. strangely. Um, like a thousand year door, Paper Mario thousand year door, the GameCube version. That's the one everyone says is the best and they're right. It is absolutely the best Paper Mario game, but I still love this game. And a big part of it is the same reason I, I remember thousand year door. I don't really remember the gameplay in that game. Mm. I remember the story and the charm and the humor. And this game has all of it, like every ounce of that. And like the mechanics are such that they don't, they're not annoying, mm. which sounds like faint praise, but like the writing is so strong. It's so funny. There's a lot, there's funny meta gags and everything. And as a like Mario fan from way back, it like scratches all the itches. It's just such a joy to play. And it's relatively slow paced. It has lots of puzzles. And like a good Mario platformer, each zone, it plays completely differently. And there's like lateral thinking. And it's, for, for a role playing game, it has way more puzzles than you'd expect. In a way that more role-playing games should have, frankly. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, I feel like the, the genre like, kind of maybe is calcified into something that didn't include that, and it really should. At least more of it, anyway. Um, yeah, I'm just, I don't know. I've been telling everybody, like, don't read the sixes and sevens on, the, on all the game blogs. Like, it's an astoundingly enjoyable game. Hmm. If you have any nostalgia for Mario, or you just, like, like, mild humor and it's the best mild humor it's just so <laughs> it's so like friendly and nice and the jo- they're like this close to being dad jokes but they're just a little cleverer than that and i don't know it's just such a whimsical charm that just doesn't exist anywhere else in gaming frankly yeah that's really, cool yeah i love it yeah it's kind of uh i remember super paper mario i ever mm-hmm. i don't think i played any paper mario game after that mm-hmm. uh but super paper mario kind of played around with uh like the mario uh, gameplay too yes like, it was an art it was an art it was a action rpg where you are basically mario and a platformer but he he gains stats and deals more damage when you jump on enemies when he has more stats and stuff like that yeah but it yeah. like kind of played around with that in the whole idea of mario in a way because you could flip b- between 2d and 3d mm-hmm. so like i think they had the first level and uh you know the the typical first level of super mario mm-hmm. Bros. uh they had that first level but like you could flip it and then see how where all of the um, the blocks were placed, and they were placed like strangely. Yeah. back then or in that in that game, it was pretty cool. You know, it's funny. It's funny you mentioned exactly that because in uh, I liked Super Paper Mario as well. Yeah. Um, each Paper Mario game is mechanically astoundingly different from the previous. Yeah, the only thing that holds on to it is that charm and 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 uh, and humor. And um, the in, in Color Splash, there's a point where you go to um, uh, 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 some Toad's uh, a village or his, his shack out uh, outside of a village, and he's like, I'm, "I'm looking at this weird thing. I don't know these strange symbols and lights." And he has a he basically has a flat screen TV that shows Mario one one, and he's like, oh. "And he's like, I don't understand." But when people look at this, they like smile. I don't get it. Like <laughs> they have this weird sense of nostalgia and longing. I don't understand why. Can you help me decipher this? And so you use the sort of mechanics of it to sort of peel back the screen, and then you go into it, and then it, it becomes a super Paper Mario level. Wow, really? It's, it's, it's a, which is weird, because this game is not like that normally. Mm-hmm. It's a 2D game, and then you, you get like you, one of the powers that you use for other things in the game suddenly is the power from Super Paper Mario. And as someone who's played all those games, I have the nostalgia for that, as well oh. as the, for the... 
And it's the same kind of thing. It's really, really fun. Wow, okay. Yeah, and, it's, and then you like, get the flagpole at the end of the level. But if you're in the 3D mode, you can go behind like the Mario 3 jagged uh, black background mm-hmm. to the other. Th- I mean, it's all the things you know, all the tricks you know from Mario are implemented in a different way in this weird. And it's, it's meta in a way that's not like, it's not cloying or annoying. It's just, it's like, it's exactly, it, it, tone on, it's exactly right. Huh. Wow, dang, okay. I want, I want yeah, to check, check it out, man. I mean, for a dying platform, the Wii U is going out with a couple of nice ones. Yeah, it's got some good games. Yep, it definitely yep. has some good games. Wow, that sounds really cool. Yep. My next game is one that I've only played three times, <laughs> and I've only finished once. And uh, Steven we, was playing with me. We just finished our first match yeah. seconds after the new year. Yes. We, we thought we could finish a game in 2016. It didn't happen, but I'm counting it anyway. It's Star Trek Ascendancy, which is a board game that is, uh, the rules say, be warned, this is a long game. They say it'll take about an hour per player, like once you're doing it perfectly optimized. <laughs> what it would end up being for us? Seven hours. About seven hours? Seven hours. Yeah, we played in teams of two. It's a three-player three game. Um, you play as uh, the three major powers of the Star Trek universe, uh, the Federation, uh, who are the humans and Vulcans and the good guys, uh, the Klingons and the Romulans. And they each have different, it's sort of asymmetric in a sense. They have mm-hmm. different bonuses and, and minuses that affect it. And then um, it's a, a board game where you start at your home planet, and then every move you make builds out the board. So there's no board. You just have um, uh, planets and space lanes between. Hmm. You roll a dice to see how far they go, and every game, the universe looks very different. So you need, like, a big space to play, and you have to make sure not to touch anything. It's a little bit finicky. There's tons of pieces. Um, and it has, it has a lot of rules, but one thing I like about it is that it's not, it's not at any time too complicated because you're always doing a particular thing and you never have to keep a lot in your head at a, at a time. There were a lot of times we had to look in the rule book, of course. Yeah. But um, it just well, it's a well-designed game, just mm-hmm. on its own. But apart from that, as a huge Star Trek fan, and uh, like, I, I always wanted a Star Trek game that felt true to the spirit of Star Trek. And like, there's space battles in Star Trek, but any Star Trek fan will tell you that like, that's not what Star Trek's about, right? right. It's not about lasers, it's about talking. And, like, and not even, like, you know, people roll their eyes at that, I guess. But like, it's also a thing that Star Trek fans have been pleading with like the movies and all the ancillary material that like if you want to successfully capture the spirit of Star Trek, you need to, to really get, hone in on it. This game does it. It's amazing how well it does it. And like now, Steven, I've been showing you episodes of Star Trek <laughs> yeah, since we true. started playing. Yeah. And like you get the sense, right? That it, yeah, it, it, it does actually really kind of feel like Star Trek. I mean, I'm not a super fan or anything. Yeah. I, I watch the newer ones more than, or the newer movies than I have the, uh, the seat, the episodes, but, pretty good yeah it's pretty it's pretty like true to the material i'd agree with that and not only is it really a star trek game that's about star trek and so star trek like that's great on its own but like that's a pretty low bar to clear given the history of star trek games mm-hmm. truth is it's yeah. for a licensed game it's incredible how close it is to its source material like you know i mean there's millions of monopoly variants and those are obviously have nothing to do with them but like there are like the battlestar galactica board game is one that is pretty true to the spirit of that that fiction and this one, for a very complicated, huge game that's fairly expensive, like uh, to base it on this sort of Star Trek setting that is now twenty odd years old, like it's next generation era. Like it's amazing the the investment they put into something and got it so right. Not just more than any Star Trek game, but I think really more than any other licensed property ever. It's I mean, I don't know. It's a big claim. <laughs> yeah. But, but this is the nicest, so I have to say very nice things. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we'll we'll get you, Martha. We'll get you to play. <laughs> It's, okay. Yeah, you <laughs> she says try, reluctantly. You should try it just at least once. 
We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Okay. Speaking of board games, Steven. Oh, yes. My games. Uh, so my one of my favorite games of 2016 was Concept. I've talked about it. Oh, well, I've talked about it before. But uh, I mean, this board game, uh, let me explain it. So basically, the I like to describe it as uh, charades, but you put uh, things on a board there are pictures on a board and you put stuff on the board to, to explain what concept you're trying to uh, get people to guess instead of just acting it out. Um, and I, I personally, I kind of find this to be like the perfect party game because mm-hmm. it's super simple. Um, anybody can just jump in whenever and it's so easy to contribute. You just have to shout something or not shout something if you don't want to. Just but shouting something is way more fun. Oh yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> for sure. Um, but like it's in the games are so short um, unless you pick a really hard term uh, that uh, it's just, it's just, it's just so easy to get into and leave. It's, it's wonderful. I like that game a lot. I've played, <laughs> I've played it way too much. Uh, I know like half of the cards now. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, you could start uh, doing random Google searches or something like yeah. there's ways to randomize the topics. That's true. Because we don't true. really play by the normal rules. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's another thing though. It's like really adaptable to, um, how you want to play concept like uh, some people like to just like act sort of act out things on the board like they'll tap a specific thing on the board like a shoe or something mm-hmm. uh, to get people to guess shoe which I mean technically isn't in the rules but it's not against them yeah. so like you can just be flexible and figure out how you want to go if you want to be really competitive there's a point system that you can follow uh, I, I suggest you don't do the point system <laughs> it's less fun doesn't the rules also suggest you don't use the point system? It does. <laughs> they just found it to be more fun without, the, without that system. Yeah, it knows what it is. Yeah. 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 <laughs> one of the house rules I thought was really cool for that one was that, that um, we sort of naturally started doing, which was we'd put a number of cubes on the number one, mm-hmm. uh, depending on how many words in the phrase it was. Yeah. It's kind of the sort of charade style sort of thing, the yep. sort of shorthand for that. We developed our own very naturally, and now we just all do it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's... It's just, yeah, it's just such a simple but fun game. Mm-hmm. I love that game a lot. Um, and the second game that I put on here is Divinity Original Sin. Uh, I, this is not a game I normally would have tried because it's, uh, a lot of it is all story stuff. and It's an RPG and it's turn-based and I don't want to deal with all that. <laughs> I'm going to sit there waiting for people to attack where you can do stuff. I'm like, eh. But I played it um, and I actually found it pretty interesting because every it's like a cooperative RPG. Mm-hmm. Oh. Um, so it feels kind of like Dungeons and Dragons. It's just two player, two player right now. There's a Divinity Original Sin 2 that's in beta right now that you could try out too. Uh, but uh, so each person has like their own role, but you like are only specifically geared towards whatever you picked. I think I was a support kind of a character. I did a little bit of damage. I actually did a decent amount of damage, but um, I was able to just like support through like teleporting people away from uh, my tank or uh, stunning random a, a group of foes in the mm-hmm. center of the screen or something. It was pretty cool. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, and then like you could use those abilities outside of the thing too. There was this moment right away in the beginning. I was, um, I, we were, there was this uh, chest that was behind like uh, a big old ropes and stuff and I couldn't, we couldn't walk past it. And then I got the idea, oh, I'll just teleport it over here. And I did it. And I was like, oh, shoot, I'm useful outside of, <laughs> outside of battle. <laughs> nice. It was just, it was an awesome experience. Um, and so I had a good time with that game. Hmm. Something I would just never play. I didn't actually get that much into the story, though. So I feel like 
I'm kind of cheating a little well, bit. Well, you probably shouldn't because you won't like it as much then. Yeah, yeah. that's true. That's true. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's definitely something worth checking out. I, I definitely recommend you play it with another person. Uh, it's not as fun by yourself. Mm. It's definitely something because like you could spec mm-hmm. for something and, and like you sort of have to rely on your team. But it's just like in Dungeons and Dragons. That's that, that kind of a feel. Cool. Yeah. Cool. All right. Let's talk a little bit about now that we settled it for 2016 <laughs> and we're a couple days into the new year. Let's talk about what we're looking forward to. What do we expect to uh, heap nice comments upon in 2017? Ooh, um, I. Um, I'm looking forward to the Nintendo Switch. Oh, he took mine. <laughs> yeah, it's mine. Uh, and, well, I guess Legend of Zelda specifically, that game uh, looks bomb. Yeah. So good. One of my coworkers got a Wii and then a Wii U and then is now getting a Switch probably to play the new Zelda. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's that good, guys. Yeah, right. Every Nintendo console has had a Zelda slip to the next console. Yeah, right? yeah I guess so. Yeah. Yeah, but um, that's what I'm looking forward to specifically. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then there's that one game. Was it Horizon Zero Dawn? I think. Oh yeah, on the PS4. That, that looks really cool. Real, that looks well. First of all, it looks gorgeous, mm-hmm. and it looks like my kind of a game. That the action seems intense. Yeah, and pretty fun. Those are the games I'm looking forward to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not sure if she's planning on releasing it in 2017, but there's this game called Ooblets, mm-hmm. which used to be Moblets, now has rebranded itself, um, and it looks like it's going to be a farming game slash uh, indie Pokemon esque game. Oh. So you collect uh, collect these little plant monsters, and then you can attack with like people with them, and also farm. Oh. <laughs> I don't know how it's going to all work out, but it looks amazing, and I'm super excited. For yeah, it, yeah so. that sounds pretty cool. When do you you don't know when it's coming out though? Uh no, I just follow. Them, them on Twitter. Okay, how long, how long has it been in production? I haven't heard of this before. Um, I'm not sure. It was I started following them because their art is really cool. Okay. Um, and then um, they ended up in Day of the Devs this year. Oh, okay. Um, so uh, that's gotten them a lot more popularity. Um, that's cool. So yeah, it looks really awesome. awesome. I'm really excited about it. That is cool. So yeah, I. For me, it's the Switch as well. <laughs> and I'm particularly, it's so, there's nothing about it yet, but I'm looking forward to the new 3D Mario game. Oh, yeah. Because it seems like, uh, as much as I really liked Mario Galaxy's use of the Wiimote as a sort of a, like that extra helper gimmick thing, I think that it was pretty good, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to just a straight 3D Mario game. And, and I, again, I liked Super Mario 3D World as well, and, but I, I didn't really play that multiplayer. And so... yeah. Uh, like the, some of the the way the camera affordances in that game were designed for that, and I think it limited a little bit. But man, just a and the little tiny glimpse they gave in that trailer, like just the tiny glimpse that like that did look really good. It was like, was that game footage? Was that pre rendered? <laughs> what was it? I need to know. But uh, I it, but in a couple weeks we may know, right? And of course, in a just two and a half months, we'll be in our hands. Yeah, dang. <sighs> if those are launch titles, oh Zelda yeah, and Mario. I think I'm pretty sure the Zelda one is. I can only hope. I'm really looking. I'm really hoping that the new Super Smash Brothers, or the one that was on the Wii U, is ported to the Switch. Oh yeah, yeah. Because I'm hoping, well, balance, which is nice. Uh-huh. Um, but I'm just hoping I could be able to play that on the go, but like HD. Oh, I see. I see. The, the 3DS awesome. doesn't one yeah. doesn't do it for you. Well, I I mean the stick specifically, I broke it because I played it too much. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. Hopefully, the Switch is more um, mm-hmm. uh, versatile. Yeah. 
The other one for me is Mass Effect Andromeda. Oh, um, I forgot about that. We- weirdly, everything I hear about it doesn't excite me that much, but I'm still I still cannot wait for that game. Hmm. Um, just because I love that universe, and it's uh, I mean I am a Star Trek fan. It's it's sort of space opera, and it's a little bit. It's got a hair more depth than most of these types of fictions do, and that alone is enough to get me there. And um, and yeah, and just the, the the design is incredible, and I'm looking forward to it. Cool, that's yeah. awesome. So I guess that's it for our special episode, right, guys? Any other last words for 2016 as it, we kick it into the dustbin of history? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we need to move on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Although good game, for, good year for games. Yeah, um, that's true. Yeah, that is true. A lot of cool things, and uh, VR started becoming a good thing, big yeah, thing. You know, it's funny. We've talked about VR a lot on this show, and mm-hmm. none of us talked about it at all. In this thing, it's kind of. I wonder if that's recency bias too, because the early part of the year was when all the hype was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. I don't know. Yeah, maybe Beach Ball Valley. <laughs> Beach Ball Valley. <laughs> we'll add that to the list. That one as well. There we go. One of the nicest of 2016. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right, that's our show. If you haven't already, subscribe to Nice Games Club in your favorite podcast app, and be sure to give it a good review if you liked it or are nice like us. It's really important for new shows like ours to get noticed, so please spread the word. We also want to hear directly from you, so follow us on Twitter and all the other things, at Nice Games Club. Let us know how we're doing, send us your topics, and ask us your questions. Lastly, you can find more about the show and your nice hosts, as well as get all the links and notes from this episode and others at nicegames.club. So, until we start again, remember to play nice and make nice. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.